0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Purdy, purdy, brocking all night long? <laughs> it's Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance Lou Michelle Smallman. Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Monday Night Football last night, as seen on ESPN, of course. Great win by the Vikings, beating the San Francisco 49ers 22-17. Niners have now lost two games in a row. And story of this game, I would say a couple of things. One, Are the Niners now down to two or, dare I say, three in the NFC? And are the Vikings potentially an actual playoff team this year after an always bad start all all games, Mm -hmm. all the games, Bad. Eight points or less. All of them. One score losses. After last year, all the games, they won in those one-score games. They're doing it the other way this year, except for last night.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing. I've already put money in the bad take jar for a couple of reasons on the behalf of the Minnesota Vikings. So yesterday, Smalls, I sent out TMPs for the Vikings fans, for the players in that locker room, because I thought they was gonna get their ass kicked by the 49ers. I thought the Niners would be Angry and have much more urgency about how they approach their business last night. I was wrong. Dollar for that. I also put a dollar in because we were talking about the Vikings trading Kirk Cousins for the majority of this season. And don't look now, but this team has won three of their last four games. And they're in the eighth spot in the NFC, which means they're one spot removed from being a wild card. Smalls, yes. I-, I know it sounds strange right now. But the Minnesota Vikings, when you look at their remaining schedule, this is going to be a playoff team. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying it. The Minnesota Vikings are going to be a playoff team. When you look at the firepower that they have on the offensive side of the ball, Justin Jefferson when he gets back healthy, T.J. Hawkinson, the highest-paid tight end in the NFL, and then Jordan Addison after his coming-out party last night where he goes, what, seven grabs for 123 and two tuts? Like, like. This is a team now that has to be dealt with. Uh, I mean, so the Minnesota Vikings, when you look at their upcoming schedule, because it's so soft, it's hard not to buy into them being in the playoff picture, grabbing the last wild card in the NFC. I mean, coming up, the Minnesota Vikings are playing against the Green Bay Packers, the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, the Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears, bye week, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I mean – Those are all winnable games for the Vikings. Now, I guess a lot of people would look at it and say they're all losable games too – but I think this is a situation now where we got to start taking the Vikings seriously in terms of what they can do and being in the mix for the playoffs in uh, once we get to December and January.
3: One of the biggest surprises for me so far this season had been the Minnesota Vikings because while I didn't think that they were going to be as good as they were last season or be able to pull out as many close games as they did last year, I didn't think they were going to be as bad as we thought they were in the beginning of the season. They had some attrition from a personnel standpoint, but I just thought that they would definitely be competitive in the in their division and the NFC in general. So the fact that they're kind of putting it together and rounding into form, this is more of what I expected from them. Yeah,
2: and here's the biggest thing with the Vikings, what we've seen so far. Like, the the reason why they're in the position that they're in and they've had all the losses is because they've had all of the giveaways on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are only two teams in the NFL that have more giveaways than the Minnesota Vikings. They got 14 turnovers on the season. Matter of fact, I don't think there's a game they've played in where they haven't turned the ball Mm -hmm. over. So at some point, that has to change. Now, the last three games, they've only had one turnover as opposed to the first four where they had multiple turnovers. But if they cut down on the self-inflicting wounds, who's to say that this Vikings team – with the offensive firepower and a defense that is improving steadily uh, week to week. Who's to say that they can't be a wild card in the NFC?
1: They can be, but here's the thing. We do this to ourselves with all these teams so often. I did it to myself with the Pats on Sunday. I started to go through like, well, maybe if this is who they are, then all of a sudden (laughs) they can figure it out. The Vikings also have shown us that they're not as good at times. And so they probably hover around whatever we want to deem to be the 500 mark, which obviously there's not in the NFL anymore, but they probably hover around 9 and 8. Maybe eight and nine somewhere. That's around probably there.
2: good enough to yeah, be that last wild card in the NFC.
1: That's the point. If that's good enough to get in, then yes, they could get in. I also see them losing games that we don't anticipate that they're going to lose. I think that's the nature of the beast when you have a team like this that has just been okay. Do I? I think there's another part of this, and I know CC doesn't 100% agree with this thought process. That could they potentially find themselves in the dream situation relative to a long-term quarterback, which is finding a guy out of want versus need, right? Could they try to extend? Kirk Cousins at a a shorter length and then draft the guy. And this is where it gets really interesting. Kirk Cousins, and people don't want to admit this publicly, CC, but Kirk Cousins is really good at football and showed again last night. He is really good at football. The biggest knock on him is he's not really good when we all are watching three and 10 in terms of primetime games. But you think there's a chance he gets a big deal in terms of annual average value and length this offseason, and he's just actually adding on to that case this, this year so Yeah, far. well, Minnesota
2: can't franchise tag him. It's cost prohibitive, and you're talking about a guy that that's all about the fully guaranteed bag. If you're Kirk Cousins and you're able to go into free agency unencumbered, why would you settle for... A, market that's, a, a contract that's below market value. To me, when you look at him, he's giving you top 10 quarterback productivity, even though we don't look at him as a top 10 quarterback over the last several seasons. So Kirk Cousins, there's going to be a team that falls in love with him. There's going to be a team that's going to give him the fully guaranteed back because that's just what Kirk Cousins does. He's made $231 million in his career. 229 of it has been fully guaranteed. So he's going to get that money. I mean, there's a team that's going to talk themselves into giving Kirk Cousins a four- or five-year deal, $50 million a year plus, and it's going to be all guaranteed. That's just what Kirk Cousins does, y'all. So y'all need to wrap your minds around (laughs) it. And as this team continues to climb back into playoff contention – I could see not only the Minnesota Vikings, but other teams around the National Football League talking themselves into this. But the reality is, based on what they were able to do last night and pulling off that upset, they have firmly climbed back into the playoff picture in the NFC, even though the record is not necessarily reflective of that. What I'm saying about the Vikings being a playoff team is that I trust them more than the third-place team in the NFC East, Mm -hmm. more than the third-place team in the NFC West, that will be the Rams, and more than the second-place team in the NFC South, that will be the Bucs. If they have a healthy Justin Jefferson to go along with that Jordan Addison that we saw last night and TJ Hawkinson and an offensive line that's healthy, absolutely, I trust the Vikings more than I trust the Rams. More than I trust the Washington Commanders and more than I trust the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
3: They also don't have one of those losses that really makes your jaw drop, right? They lost to the Chiefs and the Eagles, and then they lost to the Chargers by four and Tampa Bay to open the season by three. You know, there isn't that game that we look at where you're like, oh, they got absolutely smoked by this inferior opponent. Nope. You know what I mean? So even in those games that they lost, some of those teams they should have lost to and and the Chargers and the Bucks. You know, arguably they're in the same tier as them. And they were only, close games. There's
2: only one team they've lost to that has a losing record, and that was the Chargers. So they're and, the anti-Dolphins. Well, I mean, I mean that's the reality. That's what I'm that's saying, the, they're that's, the anti-Dolphins. You are, Bill Parcells used to say this all the time: "You are what your record says you are." Yeah. That is who the Minnesota Vikings are. They're a three and four team that's found a way to lose close games because they give away the football. Yeah. If they change what they're doing in terms of the turnovers, why can't this team be a playoff team? Why can't they? I, listen, I trust the way they're playing versus the Commanders. The Commanders have lost four the last oh, five. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Nice exactly. comparison for uh, Okay, sure.
2: I mean, look at the Los Angeles Rams. That's
1: I mean, a tougher one for me, well, but the you, Commanders you, you, for sure. You
2: can say it's a tougher one. You know why it's not tough for me? Because they don't have a division where they got to worry about the 49ers and the Seahawks. It's not tough for me. Just look at the schedule. So, I mean, I, I, I like where this Minnesota Vikings team is. And, Ev, you talked about the quiet rebuild that they did in the offseason. Yep. Maybe they surveyed the landscape of the NFC North properly. Maybe they saw that this was going to be a down year for the division with Aaron Rodgers moving on and everything going along with the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, an upstart team that we had a lot of hope for but haven't seen proof of concept. Maybe they did it right. I mean, maybe we've got to start giving Kowesi Adolfo Mensa, their general manager, some credit. Maybe they did it right. We can move off of all of these contracts on the defensive side of the ball. We can retool this team on the fly around Kirk Cousins, draft Jordan Addison to be a one-two punch with Justin Jefferson, and not give us what we need to get to the postseason. It ain't a year where they're going to compete for a championship, but maybe they can get back to the wild card round this year. I could see a world where that happens.
1: And what CC is referring to in the quiet rebuild, what I've talked about is Adam Thielen's on the Panthers. It has been great this year. Dalvin Cook has been a disaster for the Jets. Already looking to trade him, per report. Yeah, Aaron
2: Kendricks is with the Chargers. Aaron
1: Kendricks with their Chargers. Yeah, I mean they've they've made these moves where all of a sudden these guys are out, and yeah, they have some young players in. Now the flip side of this, Niners have lost two games in a row, and. I'll take egg on my face. I've been the one hyping up the Brock Purdy MVP case. I mean, we all have hyped up Brock Purdy as a legit quarterback in this league. So Brock Brock (laughs) Purdy had a moment last night. He had a moment last night where I thought we could come in today and really go nuts on the Brock Purdy MVP conversation because he had no Debo Samuel. He had no Trent Williams, arguably the best non-quarterback in the league. Yeah, I said that. Trent Williams, best non-quarterback in the league. There's There's an argument there. And he had the ball down five points, 111 to go, no timeouts, own 40 yard line after a Vikings missed field goal. And I was so ready for us to be singing our Brock Purdy song all day today and really have that MVP case. And he threw an interception. He could have thrown another one on the same drive on the final drive of the game where he had an opportunity to win it. He was 2 of 5, 20 yards and a pick. And when and you said it, CeCe, and I'll reiterate it. When you throw the timing routes, you're throwing to where guys should be and are going to be but not necessarily where they are. Well, when you're throwing it to Debo Samuel versus somebody else or Brandon Ayuk versus somebody else, there's a difference. And it didn't work out for him last night. And got to sit here with egg on my face personally today because my Brock Purdy MVP conversation took a big hit.
2: Are you ready to put a dollar in the jar no. with the Brock Purdy? No, MVP? because
1: I said MVP candidates. I think I would be more, and he's going to be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. If I'm going to put a dollar in the jar, I think the bigger hit for me after this week is Jared Goff's MVP to lose because he lost it very quickly.
2: Yeah, that happened. (laughs) Very quickly. That happened. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from the 49ers has nothing to do with Brock Purdy, even though people are jumping off of the MVP bandwagon. Quicker than the the rats that scatter at the seaport when I'm walking in <laughs> in the morning, like that. Oh that's God, that's what it, so that's that's what it feels like right now. People are like, oh, I told you Brock Purdy wasn't that good. I didn't think he was that good anyway. Mr. A, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> It's not about Brock Purdy. It's about all of the guys that were out of the lineup. It's obvious that Brock Purdy needs to have top-tier talent in order to operate the offense at a level that allows them to compete once we talk about against championship-caliber teams. Like, that's what Brock Purdy needs. He needs to have Trent Williams out there. Mm -hmm. He needs to have Debo Samuel out there. He needs to have the healthy CMC out there, which wasn't the case last night, even though he was in uniform. He needs all of the requisite pieces in order to get the best version of him. Again, probably more passenger than bus driver at this stage of his career. Doesn't mean he can't evolve into a quarterback that's a force multiplier. But my biggest takeaway from last night's game with the 49ers is they better win a Super Bowl this year because this is the last opportunity with this core of players. Trent Williams is 35 years old, Smalls. 35 years old. So while Evan is here talking about how he might be the best non-quarterback in football, how long is he going to be the best non-quarterback in football? Yeah. Debo Samuels, last four years, only been healthy for a full regular season once. Once. George Kittle, wrong side of 30. I mean, it, it, So again, you can start to see CMC, running back that's already exceeded the shelf life of a typical running back. Like how, how many more years does this core of players have with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? I think this is their last year, which is why over the next week leading into the deadline – San Francisco needs to be hella aggressive in trying to add to this team. Use the cap space that you've been saving for contracts next offseason now. Go out there and get another player that can make a material difference in terms of what your season can be. We just saw the Philadelphia Eagles do it with adding an all-pro safety and Kevin Byard. That is your primary challenger to NFC supremacy. You better go out there and make a damn move because if you don't, it's not just about this season falling short of expectations, but I think it's a situation now where we're not going to be talking about the 49ers in the Super Bowl conversation for a couple of years to come.
1: All right, coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. 8 8, We've been talking about Game 7 and the loss for the Astros last night to the Rangers going to the World Series. Would you rather lose a Game 7 in blowout fashion or a close game, any of the sports. Obviously, an elimination game. How would you rather lose a game at Unsports, ESPN? Dr Pepper inbox. There, seventy point two percent are saying a blowout loss. Plus, he ain't go win nowhere.
4: We'll explain. Coming up next on Like ESPN Radio. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to one hundred times your money. That's right, one hundred times your money. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning. Code Morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. For the ones
2: who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Well,
1: the NBA season begins tonight. We have a Game 7 tonight. Heard on ESPN Radio, between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, we have all of the NHL Frozen Frenzy going on beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight, ESPN, ESPN Plus, basically the red zone for the NHL, and the NBA begins tonight with two games, Lakers, CeCe's team and the defending champion Nuggets, and then Suns and Warriors after that, but out of nowhere yesterday, we got a massive piece of NBA news that frankly, I don't think a lot of people expected, simply because... Giannis Antetokounmpo, who signed a three-year, $186 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks, basically said this offseason, we're not doing that now. We'll do that later. We're not doing that now. So that that triggers all kinds of people to think, could he potentially ask out? He does that interview with the New York Times, does the podcast where he's alluding to different things. I, I never personally ever thought he was going to ask out or play on another team anytime soon, but I didn't think this was going to happen. He And he signs it now, and you've got to give the Milwaukee Bucks... So much credit. In one offseason, they extend Giannis and trade for Dame Lillard. That's a heck of an offseason.
3: But why did you think that he wasn't going to go anywhere? Cuz after he made those comments saying I want to win whether it's in Milwaukee or elsewhere. I mean, he he kind of left the door open for an exit if they weren't able to get it done. Cuz
1: it's the exact same thing he did the last time when they got Drew Holiday. Okay. And and there is a method to the to the madness. He is a really really smart guy who I know has a really great organization uh, relationship with the organization. These are what I know from people that when when he said that, the Bucks that was the second or third time they've heard that. That was just the first time publicly that he said that. So I think he is in constant contact with his organization, and it's a little different than some of the superstars around the league. I don't think James Harden's in constant contact with the Philadelphia 76ers. There's never been an indication that the Bucks and Giannis's relationship was anything but great.
2: Yeah, I think Giannis fired the first warning shot, and he— created urgency within the organization to do things a little bit differently. They went through a coaching change. Now they were able to move on from Drew Holiday and add Damian Lillard in that three-team trade. And I think that was enough for Giannis to feel comfortable that he could stay in Milwaukee and compete for championships. But I don't know that I want to give the Bucs as much credit for getting a deal done with Giannis on the eve of the season as much as I want to give Giannis credit. Mm -hmm. Because financially, it probably behooved Giannis to wait another offseason because financially it would be a lot more money. But Giannis decided to do that to put to bed the distraction of him potentially asking out after this season and give this team this year an honest chance at seeing what they could become and seeing if they could win a title, get back to the NBA Finals and compete against whoever's coming out of the West. To me, this is much more about Giannis being true to his word about doing whatever it takes to compete for a championship. I'll sign a shorter extension three-year deal that lines up with Damian Lillard's contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll go ahead and see what this team can be over the next couple of years. I think if he doesn't do this deal now, if he doesn't do this deal before the season starts, Giannis' prospects of where he might go next summer – becomes a dark cloud looming over this particular team for the entirety of the year and it's next to impossible to realize your full potential when you got to deal with that kind of distraction those types of questions. It's not just Giannis dealing with it, it's his teammates dealing with it too. Giannis put that to bed by signing this contract now and that's why I want to give him much more credit for getting this deal done than the Milwaukee Bucks.
3: Yeah, we would have been talking about it, you're right, through the entirety of the season and he got what he wanted, right? He used that contract as leverage to have them go out with that sense of urgency, bring in another quality player for him to be in the best position to compete for a championship. And what? He's, he's what, like 32, I think, once the deal's up? So he still yeah. is in a position, if he wants to, with this next deal, to move elsewhere. But... The grass isn't always greener, right? And I think Giannis realizes that. Like You talk about the great relationship he has with the organization. He's talked at length about how much he loves the city and the community. And they have consistently put talent around him, helped him win, and put him in another position to go out there and do it again.
1: Yeah, the biggest question with this team is the head coach, just because we've never seen him be a head coach before. No what?
2: No, no, it, saying, oh, no yeah, okay. we yeah. haven't. I'm yeah. agreeing with yeah, yeah.
1: you. So uh, what's interesting about what you said, because it works both ways. Like, we can sit here and debate who deserves more credit. The, the reality is it's an and, right? They have a relationship with each other. Like, it's Giannis and the Bucs. So, fine, we give Giannis 70% and the Bucks, 30%. What's interesting about that is think back to well, the fact— Well, here's the
2: reason why I give the player more credit, because the player leaving money on the table in future yeah. years. But I'm saying- Like, there's a lot more money to be made next offseason by Giannis signing extension than this offseason. Like players never leave money on the table, so that's why I give Giannis more credit. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars. That, that's what that is a huge commitment on Giannis's part for this team season. So I
1: was going to add on to that point with this: LeBron's last year with the Heat, LeBron's last year with the Cavs, KD's last year with the Warriors. All three times they made it to the finals and didn't win, and all three times that was hanging over the team. Yeah. Mm. So to your point, if you think about who are his peers. His peers aren't – I know I brought up James Harden. His peer is not James Harden. No. It's LeBron James. It's Kevin Durant. It's Steph Curry. It's Nikola Jokic. Anyone else That's who, probably the probably list. Probably it. Okay? When you go into that – to CC's point, when you go into that final season and you have your contracts hanging over you, it does not work. And it hamstrings your team because the team then won't say – Sure, we'll give up a future first. We're not giving up a future first if you're not going to be here. We're not going to trade future assets. We're not going to pick swap if you're not going to be here. And so that is where the partnership of star player and team is so important. It's why Steph Curry has never done that to the Warriors. And it's why in those last years when LeBron did not feel like he was a partner with the Heat or the Cavs or KD did not feel like he was a partner with the Warriors, they didn't know how to operate to improve that team. There is no asset or resource that the Bucks will not give up. In the future, to help them now. Because they know he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And that is such a vital piece to the puzzle that he has now squashed, to your point, for the rest of this season. I don't even know how much they could still give up. But the reality is, if they have younger players and role players yeah. that maybe they wouldn't give up if he's not going to be there. Because they would have to fill out a roster in the future. That now, anyone can go. Yeah. Including Dame. <laughs> he's said no, including no, Dame. <laughs> no, but CC, I'm serious. If they see it, feel like the Dame fit is not it... They can even trade him. Because they're not worried because the best player arguably in the sport is going to be there and he's going to be there for the next three years. Yeah, but
2: they got some really good role players too. I I'm, know s- they I'm sitting do. there looking at the Bucks like this is a they deep. Win a championship. This is a deep team. I mean, one of the sneaky additions that they had, they added campaign from the Phoenix Suns. Like that's a big addition. I mean, Malik somebody, Beasley, Malik, be Malik Beasley is gonna be decent. Pat Connaughton, obviously, we know him. Bobby Portis, we know him. Jay Crowder, somebody that they added last year, that's gonna be big for them. Who the- was not a fit with their previous
1: head coach and exactly. now could be with their new head
2: exactly. coach. Exactly. So I mean they have a lot lot of depth on this team, veteran players that you can rely on, guys that have postseason experience to support their big three of Dame, Giannis, and Chris Middleton. So it'll be interesting to see what they become. But to your point they do have veteran players that could be attractive, could be viewed as pieces that another team might want to add at the deadline, and they could look to find other guys that might be a better fit around their two superstars.
1: There are four teams, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference that are a championship or bust this year, but for different reasons. Milwaukee and Boston are championship or bust because of the roster that they're putting on the court. Yeah. Philadelphia is championship or bust because they have to look at themselves as on the clock with Embiid, mm-hmm. and Miami just always looks at themselves as championship or bust, right? Okay. so. But Milwaukee and Boston specifically have done enough this offseason and to what we're saying here have eliminated distraction with Giannis' contract or anything like that where they have to win now. Have to win now, and have to win again. Milwaukee is, as you said, loaded. So is Boston. All right, Uh, Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycles, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Jeff, Saturday will join us next. It's Unsportsmanlike, ESPN Radio.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive
3: Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yeah, the
1: Purdy fan club took a little bit of a hit last night. No.
2: So did the Carolina Tar Heels this weekend. Did you oh. hear about that? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Jeff Saturday is here. Great, great, great to see you guys. Great to see you all next week. Let's next talk week. about it. Jeff Saturday is here.
1: Virginia oh. beat North Carolina in college football over the weekend. Yeah, their second we, win you know, of the season. And we, <laughs> walk yeah, yeah. we walk it out. Oh. We
2: walk it out. <laughs> <laughs> we walk it out. Who are, who are the two wins?
0: Who are the two wins for y'all? Us?
2: And William and Mary. Oh, so it's really like God, three wins because it's William well, and Mary. It's <laughs> unbelievable.
1: Tomlin was on that team, right? I mean, that's who Uh Jeff, let's Crush have you weigh in before we get to Monday Night Football in the NFL. Let's have you weigh in on our. Poll question at on Sports ESPN in the uh, Dr Pepper inbox. The question becomes: In an elimination game, like we saw last night in baseball, would you rather have a
0: blowout loss or a close loss in an elimination game? Paul? Blowout, one hundred, not even a breath of hesitation. Blowout. Thank loss. Thank you, Jeff. Listen, I, I lost to the Jets one time in the playoffs. I think it was Dungy's first year, and we lost forty-one nothing in New York. Hey, man, by the second quarter, you're like, hey, man, stay up. Good luck. Y'all have a good one. You know what I mean? Everybody stay healthy. Let's worry about contracts, vacations. Let's move this thing on. That's the, you, When it's a heartbreaker, dude, like I, I think about flipping, I go to like the Saints Super Bowl, Super Bowl game when Porter and, you know, the onside kick and all that nightmare. I have to re- That hurt for like eight months, man. Yeah. That one stings. You know, the, the 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 missed field goal to the Steelers. I mean, yeah, you always remember the, the blowouts. You're like, hey, man, they just – they had our number that day, and they put the beat down a much, much better to go out
1: blowout loss. Quick follow up on that. I know one of these you weren't involved in, but if you had Peyton Manning, your former teammate sitting right here, which Super Bowl loss hurts the Col- hurts more? The Colts one that was close to the Saints, or the blowout
0: loss? To the Seahawks? Oh, it'd be the Colts. There's no doubt. Because again, you, I mean, it's just not your day, right? Like there's certain exactly. days. Exactly. There's certain <laughs> days you're like, they just got it, and we don't, man, and like you, you tip your cap to them. That doesn't mean your team wasn't good. You're just like, hey. They had the, they had the hot hand and it happens in sports and yeah but when when they're tight and you, you look at every mistake you made like when you when you get beat forty one 0 you're like we all screwed it up you know yeah exactly I mean? everybody take their fair share when it when it's those tight games one guy's usually taking the you know the, the thump to the chest
2: yeah exactly there's always that one play that yes. that one guy could have made that <laughs> yeah. might have changed the outcome yeah, yeah. when you lose forty three to eight in the Super Bowl yeah it ain't one play yeah, yeah. It ain't yeah. no, no, no. you give them a safety you, when you, the you, ball yeah. gets snapped over your yeah, head exactly. you're like hey man it just ain't it, our day it, it, it just ain't going to happen for you. But, Jeff, speaking of teams that ain't got it, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you're talking about a team that's lost two of the last three games. I mean, ever since they boat raced the Miami Dolphins, they have not looked like the same team. Agreed. We're trying to figure out what's wrong. Is it the head coach? Is it the quarterback? Is it Steph Diggs' attitude? What the hell is going
0: on with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, honestly, I think it's a lot to do with Josh Allen. Like, when you think about just – the consistency that you're looking for. And listen, he's a, he is an incredible quarterback and this is no slight to him, but like the consistency, you can't start slow against the new England Patriots, right? You can't. And so you're seeing when he plays really well, the team kind of elevates to him when he kind of struggles, the team matches that energy as well. And so, you know, again, from a, from a coaching standpoint, in my opinion, like cookers can only do so much, right? Like, like, you, but when you're when you're the guy and everything's falling at your feet, which is where Josh Allen is in his career, uh when you start slow, the team starts slow and it gets ugly. And that, that's just kind of where they are. I still think they're a very good football team. They're gonna be in it in the end, but you're seeing the ebbs and flows and why everybody talks about it so hard to win in the NFL. Because if you ain't on and you ain't sharp, a really ugly team can beat you and, and put a real hurt on your season.
3: You could say a lot of those things about the San Francisco 49ers who mm. lost again right. last night to the Minnesota Vikings. They've now lost two in a row. Do you have any concerns about this team? They've been dealing with some injuries, but any concerns with the that's 49ers? My, that's
0: my concern is injuries. Like, when you think about the 49ers, when they're healthy, they're the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. I think they, you know, when Trent Williams is, is playing, when Debo Samuel is playing, you know, when you, when you look at this, foot, when McCaffrey's 100%, all these different things, I think this is a very good – but they're so top-heavy. When their guys aren't playing, you, th- you you feel the loss of Debo Samuel last night, right? And here's the problem with them. They started – you know, here goes McCaffrey. They get a turnover. McCaffrey fumbles it. Then they miss another field goal. Then Purdy struggles late in the game. like So you're looking at all the mistakes that they can usually trudge through, but they can usually do that because their defense is playing so well. The defense, again – has an interception at the end of the first half. Guy strips it from him, and Addison takes it and walks to the end zone from from Ward. Like that that's a not that's a can't happen. When Why you're struggling, are you calling
2: a zero blitz in that situation? I, I,
0: listen, I saw I, I heard that conversation. The pick should be there though. Like like it may have been a bad call. if you always say, don't do that. At the yeah, end the half. players got the but players got the player, gotta, yeah, get players got to play above like the Yeah, you though, gotta yeah. you gotta make that play, and you can't let the ball get taken from you and walk to the house. You know ain't nobody behind you. Yeah, so like, so whether you catch it or not, get the ball on the ground. Round. Like yeah. you know what I mean, and so it was a great play by Addison. But the de- I think defenses defenses have to carry you through these ugly times offensively. That's just a fact of where San Fran is right now. Um, and and you know you you see it again. You see the Vikings upset them and. Uh, Buffalo with the Patriots. It's just kind of where we are.
1: It's on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, joined in studio as we are each and every week by Jeff Saturday. Of course, former NFL player, ESPN NFL analyst will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Jeff, uh, we saw a trade yesterday, a big one. Kevin Byard goes to the Eagles. Big. So two parts. (laughs) Give us something on the Eagles in terms of their addition, but also, does this now trigger a thought? Could Derrick Henry be next? And if so, where? Oh.
0: Uh, Derek, Henry, uh, man, that that would be a complete shift offensively for to me. Like by, the buyer trade, like for me is a hey. The Eagles wanted it. You know you're going to have to revamp back there. When you talk about Derek Henry, if you're going to get rid of Derek Henry, it's what is your offense going? That means Tannehill is probably like you're you're going through the whole slate of dominoes. Um, like Autry, their defensive lineman. I saw some people talk about – I w- that that would be a, a player, Danico Autry, I, that I would pass be a yep. pass-rushing beast, bro. Plays like an animal. Like, I'm going to get guys like that. They're not going to give up Jeffrey Simmons. He's going to be a mainstay there. But when you're looking at those kind of guys – but the Derrick Henry, to me, would signify – the whole offense is getting revamped. You know, like you're, you're going to change the entire mindset because Vrabel's identity, you know, very similar to how, like when you think about the Steelers, they have an identity. They've had an identity for 30 years of what it's going to look like. To me, the Titans have that same type of identity. It's we're going to play ground and pound football. You know, Derrick Henry's going to be our, our, our bell cow. This is what we're going to look at. And, and um, yeah, so that'd be a big one for me. I, I, don't, I don't think Vrabel or, you know, Rand Carthin gives gives that one up.
2: Jeff, on Sunday, my Ravens boat raced the Detroit
0: Lions. Yeah, Did that
2: game tell us more about Baltimore or the Lions?
0: I think it tells you more about Baltimore. I, tell you, I think it tells you the most about Baltimore's ceiling. You know, I, the, for me, the biggest part of Baltimore is just inconsistency. Like, you know, they, they lose to the Colts, right? Like, like, like how? You know, yeah, how, they how do you, gave away a game you know, for the, the Steelers, Steelers with yeah. all the drops and turnovers. <laughs> That's right. Like, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have these drops. So it's like, who are we? I will say this, though. I think what gets, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think, has played spectacularly all season, right? I think their receivers played really well this past, but their offensive line, dominated this football game. From the jump, they against a very good physical defense and they flat out got after him. When you got a quarterback who has 9 seconds, and I'm saying that correctly. He had 9 seconds on one of the touchdown throws. That is absolutely insane. If you give Lamar Jackson, and what was cool about him is he didn't just tuck it and run. Like he tucked it and then found found avenues to let the ball go. It was just – I thought if their offensive line can play that style of football week in and week out, this, this, this is the ceiling, which makes them, if not the best team in the AFC, the best team in the NFL, in all honesty. Because their defense is going to play – they're going to play good. Yeah. So if their offense can match that? Good heavens. It was, it was a pretty thing.
3: So we did this exercise, Jeff, and we're probably going to do it later in the show. I'm going to remove the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Eagles from the conversation.
0: Chiefs and Eagles, okay.
3: Outside of those three teams, which team in the NFL do you trust the most?
0: San Francisco. San Francisco, when, when, they, when they get healthy, they're going to be good. If they get healthy, they'll, they'll, they'll be back in action. I think, that's a, I think it's an excellent football team. I think they're well coached. Um, you know, you go through these little bits during the season, right, where you struggle, you know. Again, they should have still only lost a game. Like, if the kicker makes a field goal in Cleveland at a 40-yard field goal, which in the NFL you count as automatic – it's a W. So as bad as they played, they should have found a way to win there. They didn't. Then they then they play a bad game there last night. But I look at them. I still think they're legit. And then I would say the Ravens behind that. I think the Ravens. Did we take them out? Yeah. Oh, we took. Okay, yeah. So that. So those Is were, there
3: anyone else in that mix?
0: Ooh, I like Cleveland's defense. Their offense just even with Watson <laughs> back. Because when again, when you're playing that good a defense, you should be in every game. Um, Do we want Watson back? Are we sure? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, where, <laughs> we there, um, and I'll, I'll say this too: I'm not off on the Cowboys. I, like I'm, I'm still not completely out on the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think they're as good as San Fran and um, and the Eagles. But when you look at this team, if if you know, everybody's talking about, well, they play they play slow. They play Mike McCarthy style ball, right? It's like a it's like a toned down offense. This team used to be the number one offensive team in the NFL they can score if they have to it's how how is it going to play out I still think that's a very good football team again because of the defense it's going to carry you a lot of wins in the NFL like we love you know, offense sells a lot of time and I get it but 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 my beside me we know. Defenses are what keep you in games and win big games, and and you know with with Dan Quinn's defense over there, they 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 always gonna have a shot.
1: Jeff, let's finish with this. If I told you one of these two teams made it to the Super Bowl, which one's more believable, the Jaguars or the Dolphins? Oh,
0: that's a great question. I, you know what? I'm gonna say the Jags. I, I think that I think. That Jaguars, as good as the Dolphins are, I think everybody with when they played the Bills, um, and, and and again they were injured last night, and so I mean or two nights ago, so so it, it's not a, a fair equation. But when you look at Jacksonville, the way that Trevor Lawrence can manipulate the pocket, and I think their defense gives them again. Chance after chance, they get after people. They will. They can rush the pass. They can close games out, right? And so, you know, Josh, like, like they can, they can do those things. I like how explosive their offense can be. It hasn't clicked all the way, but I think that's the one that would be less shocking.
2: Two guys on that defense deserve some credit: Devin Lloyd and, and, yes. and Foyer Luicon. Yep. Those, those aren't household names. Right now, but they could be at the end of the season. Both of those dudes, absolute ballers. And, what, and
1: what have we said? CC, we've been saying that if you have a franchise quarterback, a championship-winning head coach, and a dominant defense, it's not a bad combination to go to a Super Preach Bowl. Preach that. I mean, serious, <laughs> they have kind of what you look for. Jeff will be on Get Up today, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We thank him, as always, for his time. I'm over it coming up after this with CC from OO.
2: O'Reilly, did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. That's free 99. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and budget. Make sure your vehicle is ready for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Yes, we will get to I'm over it in a second. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and I know a lot of people are happy the Astros aren't a part of it. Well, Astros fans aren't happy about that. Let's go Rangers! Let's go, baby! See, that's what I'm saying. Let's go Rangers! Uh, Mike in Houston joins us listening on 97.5 in Houston on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. What's up, Mike? What's going on? What's up, Mike?
3: I got So, for one with the player blowing out blow out and, and close games. I was a player, so from a player's standpoint, I think that uh, it's better to get blown out. From a fan standpoint, I think it's better for a close game cuz it's exciting. You want to watch the game. But uh so you got a question about the Astros and baseball? Uh, We're going to keep the same energy for the Yankees and the Red Sox for the cheating scandal like they did the Astros.
2: Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, 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 Mike. I'm not going to let you conflate that. I got that they had the Apple Watch scandal, but that is not the same as using the replay clamors in the damn ballpark to cheat (laughs) and figure out the signs from the catcher and signal to the guy in the batter's box with a trash can that a damn fastball is coming. That's not the same, Mike. Come on now. You got to get past. that is not the same. Just cuz the Yankees and the Red Sox use damn Apple Watch, that that listen, I get it. it. It it's 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 absolutely cheating by the letter of the law. But can we all admit that the Astros took it to a different level when they're accessing the replay the let me try this again. The replay cameras in the ballpark to get the signs, and then to signal with trash cans to batters in real time that fastballs were up. Co- like, come on, man. It is it is not the same, and I hate when people try to compare the two smalls.
3: Is it because it's your team? No, it's not just <laughs> my team. It's the Boston Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox, too. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is there is levels, levels to this, to this.
1: There There are levels to it, but as basically the fan of the Astros on the football side and the Patriots, the thing that I understand where Mike is coming from in Houston is, is that sometimes the Astros are looked at as the only team that has ever cheated in the history of the sport. So I understand the perception of that. The Patriots are looked at as the only team that's ever cheated in the history of sports. Michigan football fans are probably looking at themselves right now as like, oh, we're the only team that's ever done something well, wrong. Well,
2: apparently that's not the case with Connor Stallion. if you see that report. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I know, but I'm saying that – That is not the case. They, I understand
1: the feeling, and yeah. so, but I understand what you're feeling too. I think we're all over it. You're over being lo- looped in as a cheater, and I'm over the idea of being the only cheater. Pat, go ahead. What are you over today?
4: I'm over everyone saying that they would rather get blown out than in a close game. This is the most insane take of all time. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only sane person here. You're effectively saying, Game 7, we made it here. Biggest game of the season. We'd rather be completely out of it than even have a chance to
1: win. I don't think it's people saying we'd rather be completely out of it. I think that the idea is, like, don't tease me. Don't give me hope. You know, CC today has actually given Minnesota Vikings fans hope. And I think the reality is if they fall back to life, that's the worst possible thing you could have. You never actually want to be teased or have hope, false hope. And I think the close game seven or close elimination game, is the ultimate false hope. What's going on?
2: No, I completely agree. I'm nodding my head and agree. You're laughing. I'm nodding my head and agree.
3: The He's false like, yeah. hope.
1: You know, I was in a restaurant pre getting married once, okay? And um, Derek Jeter's old girlfriend who was on Friday Night Lights, once,
3: Minka Kelly. Minka
1: Kelly, I swear on everything, she was looking at me.
2: <laughs> was oh, did you have every, something
3: on your face uh, yeah i must have had something on my face right
2: <laughs> i was wondering where he was going when he said Derek Jesus, so old in, girlfriend. My,
3: in my
1: Which head it's a long Mariah list, it's a long list. <laughs> so in my head i'm like i think she's into me well of course she's not into me why in, the, in no world would she be into me
3: i love how you somehow are trying to link these two together just so you can share with america that minka kelly looked at you in a restaurant
2: that's exactly what happened. Because this, this is, is, not, everybody an else, everybody <laughs>
1: this is not an even comp. Everybody always knew how small, uh, smart Smalls was, but she just really proved it just <laughs> yeah. now. But she clocked uh, that one. It's, yeah, no it's doubt. the false hope move. It is. It's the same thing. And that's now what you get in a close game. Okay,
3: Minka Kelly right. happening to glance at you in a restaurant oh, she, is not the same was, thing as the St. Louis Rams feeling like the New England Patriots taped their walkthrough and knew every play that was coming in the Super Bowl.
1: What is? Why'd you bring that one up? That that Because has that's to a do heartbreak
3: that I have. We're talking about sports heartbreaks, that's like fair wh- things that that keep you up at night, the moments that you'd like to have back.
1: I mean, just because she thought I was Tim Riggins doesn't mean I mean you know whatever. What's the next one, Pat?
4: <laughs> no, I'm too angry. It's Michelle's turn. Oh, yeah. that's it. You're you're
1: like you're giving it up to. Yeah, no, I'm over here? it. I'm
4: over you. So, I'm uh, over you. not yeah. you. I mean, I'm over all <laughs> of you. You can be, you can be <laughs> over me. <laughs> that's fine too. God. I'm over all of you. So if
1: you're over it. Smalls is for it.
3: I'm for it. You know, okay. we love Pat and we love I'm over it. It's nice for him to unload all the things that are bothering him, but sometimes I think it's a little too negative. I'm a happy girl. I would like a little positive programming. So I have a counter to Pat's I'm over it. And I'm going to call it I'm for it, guys. Okay, so I'm with can it. i So can I give you a little positive yeah, nugget that's been happening yeah. in sports over let's the past Let's change couple the vibes days. a little bit. Yeah, let's shift the vibes. So Anze Kopitar, he's the captain of the LA Kings. He's an icon. He's a legend on Saturday. He played in his 1,297 career regular season game with the organization. Ooh. It set a new franchise record, and they surprised him in the dressing room before the game. His son, Jakob, came in, and he got to read the lineup for his dad. Here's what it looked and sounded like. Hey,
4: okay, Jakob's going to start us off with the starters, and then we'll talk about their lineup. So go ahead and do your thing, bud.
2: In goal, number 39,
4: Cam Talbot. On defense, number 44, Mikey Anderson.
2: Number 8, Drew
4: Dowdy. Forwards, number 55, Clinton Byfield. Number 9, Adrian Campe. And my dad, number 11, Andrzej Kopitar.
2: Good job.
3: Heartwarming. Come on.
2: That is the best, Smalls. Come on. I am for that. That is awesome. Like, one of the things that I regret as a player is not starting a family early enough no. so my kids could actually see me play.
3: To have that moment. To have
2: them. that moment. That Absolutely. is really, really cool. That's why we love sports.
3: So special.
1: My kids are actually going to do the intros, the ins and outs tomorrow. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> that right? you oh, do all the, know all that. the voiceover work. Yeah. We're, now, uh, we're now employing children <laughs> to do that. Coming up, the NBA season begins tonight. Tim Legler will
0: join us in studio
1: next on Sportsmanlike
0: ESPN Radio.